Hello everyone, Carter here, bringing you another episode of Out of the Hourglass presented by Nolan Consulting Group, a podcast dedicated to helping small business owners and contractors visualize their goals, develop their teams, and build sustainable growth so that business operations don't run solely through them. We want to get business owners out of the hourglass. Today, we are kicking off our Levels of Work series, hosted by Molly Nolan, featuring Andrew Amrine and Catherine Freeman. In this series, we'll discuss different levels of work and finding the right time span for each employee. This episode starts things off at the beginning, level one. As you're listening, start to think about which roles in your company belong in the level one category, and if the right people are in those roles. Thanks for listening, and as always, don't forget to rate and subscribe. Enjoy the show. All right, thank you, Carter. Uh, Andrew and Catherine, thank you both for being here today and helping me kick off our new four-part series focusing on time span and levels of work. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, great to be here. Great to be back. Holly. So this is a topic that as coaches, you both have referenced in trainings and meetings, position visions, uh, some blogs. But today, and the focus of the series going forward is to really bring the concept to the forefront to ensure that our clients and our listeners understand it and are actually able to make it real within their own businesses. So Andrew and Catherine are going to be our experts and will be leading this four-part series. In this first episode, Catherine will be our interviewer, Andrew, our teacher, and I will be taking on the role of the learner. Like all of you out there, this topic is fairly new to me, so I hope that you'll join me through the series as we learn, critically think, and apply. I do know Andrew has some questions up his sleeve for me. Now to get started, uh, Andrew will spend a few minutes giving us a little technical explanation of where the concept comes from, and then we'll dive into the content. So we ask that you bear with us as we give some background and then we'll make the content real. It is important that we give credit to the thinkers behind TimeSpan. So Andrew and Catherine, I want to waste no further time and kick it off to you two. Teach me about TimeSpan. Sure, so why do people fail when they're promoted? And why are the people I hire not big enough for the role? Six months later, I find out nothing's done or it isn't what I thought it was gonna be or the problems being addressed aren't really being addressed. Why, why, why does that happen? And so I, we, we need leaders and managers if we're gonna grow, right? So we've got to solve this problem. So what is it really? So I'm, I'm convinced that the answer to the, both of these issues universally is the, the levels of work information, using that information to build a company, to build an organization, and part of the levels of work is the idea of time span. We'll explain that. But these, uh, these ideas were developed first by a gentleman named Elliot Jacks. Uh, Elliot is a Canadian, was a, he passed away, but a Canadian social scientist who researched organizations. So this is way back before good to great and all that. It's, it's sort of on the level of first break all the rules, millions of people you know, that, that got studied. So he's credited actually as the originator uh, of many terms, one of which is corporate culture. Um, He was the first to use that phrase. Uh, His main book is called Requisite Organization. It's very textbook, sort of um, collegiate oriented, kind of a tough read. Uh, So a a disciple of his, Tom Foster, um, wrote, many of you have heard us talk about, wrote a book called Hiring Talent, which distills down these ideas and a book called Outbound Air, uh, which is about a, an airline company called Outbound Air. 
And it's a, it's an allegory that he uses to explain kind of like one minute manager. It's a, a story he uses to explain the concepts. Great. Well, thanks for that. So, so then let's get to it. Why, what's the point here? Sure. So, okay. Why do people fail and why do people I hire not work out for the role? First story, think about a beach on that beach. The goal is to have fun, play in the water and collect shells. Okay. So the kids are in the water. The adults are watching the kids on the beach and the lifeguards are in the stands. Everybody's having fun. Picture it in your mind. Kids are, kids are in the water, parents, adults on the beach, lifeguards in the stand, everybody having fun. Okay. I can, I can actually smell it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> right. In January, yes, we, uh, we can definitely smell it. Mm -hmm. um, so, uh, Molly, what's the work being done? Well, if the goal is to have fun and to collect shells, my guess the work of the work is collecting the shells. Right. Okay. So, yeah, let's connect this analogy to let's contracting. All right. So, who's the crew leader? The parents watching over the kids. Nice work. So, they are often the most senior or most experienced person on the crew. Parents are more experienced children. Sometimes parents are still children, but they're more experienced <laughs> children. Okay, so who's the supervisor or the project manager or the field super, field manager? I'm gonna go with the lifeguard on this one. Yeah, so the lifeguard is now managing multiple crews. So the kids are doing the work Parents are doing work. They're collecting some shells too. They're down on the beach collecting shells and having fun. The lifeguards are the first ones that aren't doing the work of what we're describing here, the work of collecting shells. The lifeguards aren't collecting shells. They're supervising. They're coordinating different families and making sure everything's going right. Um, okay, so everybody's got their different tasks and they're all different. Let's talk about sharks. Who's paying attention to sharks? on this in this back to the beach analogy who who sees the sharks i'm going to go with probably the lifeguards first from their perspective lifeguards first maybe the parents maybe but probably the lifeguards so how come how come the kids can't see the sharks because the kids are only only concerned about you know one shell two shell three shell which one's the prettiest all they care about is what they're doing Mm -hmm. Right. I mean, I'm, I'm in charge of getting quality shells. So I'm like, so I have to trust that parents and lifeguards are doing their job so that I can do my job. Okay. Low tide and a tsunami look a lot alike at first. Who's going to see the difference first? Still probably the lifeguard. The lifeguard. The lifeguard sees farther out. It's, it's not that the lifeguard takes for granted. Now, now, let's say in this case, the lifeguard is, is also overseeing the collecting of shells. The lifeguard is just kind of assuming that the kids are having fun. Not that they're taking it for granted, but just like a, a field supervisor to a certain extent, trust that the crew leader, they're observing the work and getting the work done. But the primary value that the lifeguard, interesting to think of a field supervisor as a lifeguard, the value they are bringing is protecting 
the crews, not that your not that your crews are full of children. Maybe it feels like that sometimes, but there's there are we're all adults here. But the laborers and the craftsmen are focused on what's in front of them. And they've got to trust the crew leader to be looking out and protecting them. And the crew leaders have got to be got to trusting the lifeguard, the field supervisor, or the project managers to be protecting them from things farther out. So first, think of hierarchy in terms of value, not just control. In understanding this problem, I'm, I'm kind of I'm going around my elbow to get to my thumb here a little bit. But think of this, think of hierarchy in terms of value. Who's bringing value to whom? Okay, so it, interesting to think of a field supervisor as a lifeguard. Um, all right, where are the managers? Molly, where, where do you think the managers are? Or Catherine, where, where do you think the managers are? Well, the managers are back at headquarters, right? Right. They're looking exactly. way out. And they're looking even farther out. I mean, they don't even know what shells are being picked up? They don't even know what fun is being had, and and it's 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 not that in the real world. I'm sure the the operations manager is going to go check on the work. Of course, there's always inspections, but for, but for the most part, the managers are making schedules. They're looking at weather. Who's looking at the weather tomorrow? The lifeguard's not looking at weather tomorrow or next week. The lifeguard wants to be told by managers. By, by their managers, what the schedule is, what the weather looks like, what to look out for. Is it is it starting to sound familiar? Yeah, it absolutely is. Um, so now the common component here is what I'm going to call time span or what, what Elliot Jackson, Tom Foster call. It's not my term, it, it's their term. Is what's, what we refer to as time span, the length of time the work takes to accomplish. So level one, the kids and, you, and the crew leaders, they're doing quality work. Their focus is on the items at hand. Here's what I'm doing. My mind is right here today, focusing on what needs to get done. And the craftsmen and the laborers are coming back to the crew leaders saying, hey, what's on our task list today? What are, what are we focused on? Now, I, I have seen way too many times that that crews just show up, they work hard, and whatever we get done, we get done. But that's not ideal. Here, the crew leader is making a, making a list. Here are the things we got to get done today. Um, the field supervisors are looking out across the horizon. What's happening next week? Is there anything that's happening next week that's going to impact this crew. The, crew. the crew has to trust me that I'm going to let them know. Because like I said, the level one work of, of doing the work of the company, it's a, everybody's got to-dos. Everybody has things to do. But in terms of the outcome we're trying to produce, this house we're trying to build, level one is the work of the work. Level two is coordinating. Coordinate the lifeguards, coordinating multiple crews, multiple services to build the entire house. Level three, the managers, is about creating systems. Okay, so let me, let me kind of distill it down. Three distinct types of work. Doing, coordinating, level two coordinating, level three creating. You don't learn how to coordinate building a house by learning how to frame better. 
you don't learn how to create a system by create by coordinating houses better. I've seen it. I've I've seen people right build great houses, install great hardscapes, um, install wonderful roofs and windows, but there's no system in place. There's no consistency. We do create work. We we can make sure the work gets done right, but there's no system. So this is why people fail. And this is why we hire the wrong person. Because you can't, again, you, you, the work that's being done, you can't learn the next level of work up through the natural course of work. It has to be trained. You don't learn how to coordinate by learning the craft better. And you don't learn how to create systems by building better, building better, coordinating better houses. Those are two very different skills. Maybe I can, I, I want to ask a question here. So mm -hmm. Catherine, am I connecting your experience prior to working with us was as a general manager at Borders. Am I connecting here? Are you identifying with anything? Oh, 100%, 100%. I mean, that's, that's absolutely the struggle that I had as I was, you know, managing a large team I had people who were, you know, making coffee, running the registers, stocking the shelves. And then I had supervisors who were responsible for maintaining one hour of, you know, one day of productivity. And then managers who were responsible for running little mini systems within the larger system. And, and quite honestly, it's the reason why I made as many hiring mistakes as I did is because I saw the one person who was really, really good at shelving the psychology section and thought that person's going to be a great manager. Sure. So let's go back to the beach analogy. Parents and, and kids get really good at collecting shells and parents learn a little bit about safety, but does that make a parent qualified to be a lifeguard? Mm -mm. No, they have to take a class. So this is the reason why people fail when promoted is because the kind of work they're doing is different. Does the best lifeguard in the world know how to create time schedules and systems like back at headquarters? Yeah. No, they've got to be trained how to do it. They've got to learn a new skill. Now, part of this, I think part of the challenge is there are people in this world who intuit their way through it. They're called business owners. They usually end up excelling. They work naturally through the ranks. They start their own business because they can figure out all three of them. But that's a very small part of the population. And I don't mean to, to put down on anybody, but these are distinct skills that people can't learn without being trained. So there's doing. Level two is coordinating. And level three is creating systems. Very distinct. So here's another example, Molly. Yes. One, one you might identify with. Uh, we're gonna we're gonna travel to San Francisco. Which is more complex, if we fly or drive? I'm gonna say driving's a bit more complex with this crew. Why do? You, <laughs> wait a minute. More We've done that. Or, or, wait a minute. We, we did have done that. that. We did we that to Charleston that. back in the day <laughs> for a grand summit, and who? Andrew, I distinctly remember driving back with you in a terrible, terrible storm. I want to get home. I want to get home. Yeah. It was so the storm's fault, I swear. <laughs> We've done that. So how much time 
to plan and organize would it if if you if we were flying how much time would it take you to plan and organize that well there's definitely some factors it would take much less time than if i were planning us driving uh but if we're planning to fly you know is it is it two of us planning to fly is it 10 of us planning to fly are we all going at the same time bingo complexity just changed the complexity of the task just went up you don't have you don't just have to do the work of the trip but now you have to coordinate multiple people and multiple things in order to get it done mm -hmm. and as as complexity goes up this idea of time span the longer it takes to complete a task and so this is measurable we're, again we're, we're working our way back into into creating something measurable that i can interview for that i can i can train i can i can listen for as i'm working with people so that when i choose the person i want to promote from level one to now level two work first am i recognizing in my mind that those aren't transferable. This isn't a transferable situation. I can go from a, from a craftsman or from a laborer to a craftsman by betting, getting better at the craft. That's a natural progression of accumulating knowledge. There's no change really in the type of problem solving. It's I'm accumulating knowledge, but, but now going from craftsman to foreman or craftsman to field supervisor, it's a totally different type of work and it's got, it's got to be trained and I can, I can train it, I can look for it, I can interview for it so that I don't make the mistake. Now, this is also why the best craftsman doesn't always make the best field supervisor. How many of us have made that mistake, right? Oh, I, yeah, yeah, we take off our shoes to, to count, right? Right. I mean, there's a name for it. It's the Peter principle. You promote people until they fail. And so how do we fix the Peter principle? I can do it. I can, I can do it through experience, but Elliot and Tom Foster have done the work for us here. This, this is the reason this is so powerful is they, they have done the work and here are the points at which there needs to be a different promotion or interviewing process because now the work has changed. And just because someone is a just because someone is a great field supervisor, just because someone is a, a great field supervisor doesn't mean they're not doesn't mean they're going to be a great manager. Just because right in your in your store, right, just because they were a good section supervisor didn't mean that, that they could now create time schedules and deal with hiring and firing issues and create systems, mm -hmm. right? Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. So let's bring it back because, you know, in some of these cases, it's, we know this, our business owners know it because they've already watched and they know that they can only leave certain team members alone for a certain amount of time, right? Bingo. So already it works, watching it. It works on both sides of the equation. I can define tasks that are more complex and I can group those tasks now together in appropriate roles based on time span, based on complexity and, and how long it takes to complete. And I can also assess an individual in how, and, and really how long I can leave them alone. And I know that might feel kind of derogatory um, to a certain extent, but that's the observable part. That's where this connects to things like situational leadership or some of the sales training we do. I can't handle I, when I'm working with people, I don't want to deal with pie in the sky, sort of just 
silly things that I, I can't see. These are observable things. And, and we all know that we've, like you said, we have people, I can leave this guy alone for, you know, an hour or two or a day and, but longer than that and things go wrong. Yes. That's yes. The, one of the best things you can do is take all of the people on your team and write down how long you can leave them alone in their current role without things going wrong. And then focus your conversations, prioritize their skill development by asking Johnny, here's what are the things we need to work on in order to increase the amount of time you can work independently on your own. That's the whole goal. It works across any company, across any trade. What's the universal issue we're trying to solve? And that's time span is growing people's time span. Right. And I think that's where our use of tools comes into play because where we are creating checklists, you know, to start a job, to end a job, we're creating checklists about what a a car or a truck should look like. What's the, and so we can give people tools in order to assist them with increasing their time span. But I want to hit that for one second because that, that, you know, derogatory thing, I think that's, that's about clarity of expectations having a conversation around where somebody is and where you want to go with them takes it right out of that realm. I mean, I hope people do that intuitively and, yeah. and now, now embrace that, that that is an actual measurement of what I'm going to call capability. And we can grow a person's capability. We'll, we'll get into that in some later podcasts, but we now have something measurable that we can help a person improve. And that's their time span capability. We can define tasks that match a time span. And so, I mean, the, the implications here are huge. So, so this, you know, where, where we find this has a lot of impact is in hiring and job descriptions, right? Yeah, I mean, the, the impact here is huge. It, it's now a matching game. I just need, now I need to match. I can interview for something measurable. I can document in roles, something tangible, time span, how long these tasks take. And all I have to do is match. I need to match the capabilities of the role to the capabilities of the person. And having done this over the last two years, success goes through the roof in the, in matching the right person to the role. I will say in, in doing this with um, lots of companies over the last couple of years, we do realize that we are actually looking for um, a higher role than we thought. Yeah. And, and why we're frustrated when we have somebody. So um, I've, you know, you're hiring somebody into an accounting manager role and you've got somebody who can't meet those level three expectations and you're frustrated with them, but it's an interviewing problem. Under, yeah. Under hiring. I mean, we're, yeah. you, know, you, you may or may not be, but that that's more common than over hiring. Yeah. Um, so now role descriptions. Uh, this is a uh, sort of a exaggerated statement, but job descriptions suck. Traditional job descriptions suck. It's just a, it's a list of tasks that change constantly. I mean, I, I could write a 500 page book of tasks, but the person, the individual, and it, one, it would still be incomplete, but the individual would still need to use their problem solving and decision making skills to choose which of those 500 tasks to do right now. So it always comes back to the problem solving and decision making 
needed in a role. And so we, we've now changed, we affectionately call them position visions, but a role description is centered around the results that this role is trying to achieve. So instead of listing an infinite amount, a, a list, trying to list out a, a list of tasks that's infinite, it's never ending, what I would call KRAs or what Tom Foster calls key result areas are finite. There's the, the list of, of results is only so big. Right. And now I can have a, a much better discussion around what are the, what are we actually trying to achieve in this role? So a lifeguard, a li lifeguard that people are following policy that, um, uh, all the people on the beach are safe, that there are no accidents. There's probably a couple others, but if the lifeguard is doing all these tasks that we wrote down, if the lifeguard is doing those tasks appropriately, what should the results be? Right. A safe beach. And Catherine, as, as we were planning this, you mentioned that that, that list of tasks that, that you have an example there that's near and dear to you. Oh yeah, my my favorite example is is you know an, an office management. You know, I think of um, how many times I've heard people say, "Well, you know, I, I don't understand why we don't have paper for the copier," um, because when you go to the job description, ordering copy paper is not on the job description. Not on my job description. Not right? on the job description. Job descriptions suck because they're just if, a list of right. tasks, and if that task isn't on my job description, right. not on my not on my and and so I didn't think to I didn't think to order it because it's not on my job description. But when you talk about the smooth and effective operation of the office, which would include making sure that there's paper in the copier, now you've got an area where you can say to somebody, "You're responsible for this. You you're keeping the office moving." Um, and so, do what needs to be done in order to keep that moving forward. So, combining on the on the one side, combining what time span and levels of work allow us to do that Elliot and Tom Foster have already done grouping like tasks together to create roles that make sense in that are similar time spans that the tasks in them take similar amounts of time and then I can measure an individual's ability to accomplish what an individual's time span is in the work that they're currently accomplishing simply by asking them about the work and now hiring becomes matching mm -hmm. in a much more tangible way. Um, so, and, so Andrew, then tell me a little bit about level one. So we're, you know, we're going to do this whole series on the levels that are most impactful to the businesses that we work with. Level one. Yeah. So let, let's dig in a, a little bit more detail. So story number three, first was the beach, then was the travel. Now we're telling pizza for the meeting. So let's say you've got an office assistant and you're, you're having a meeting and the meeting is going long and you say, Johnny or Bill or Samantha or your new assistant, order, can you order, where our meeting's going late? Can you order us some pizza for the meeting? I use this analogy for disc, this story for di explaining some disc things as well, but it works here too. And so Bill walks away and five minutes later, he comes back and says, sure, how many do you want? And then... Five minutes later, he comes back and says, well, what size should they be? And then five minutes later, they come back and say, well, what do you want on them? 
And then five minutes later, they come back and say, well, where should we order it from? And then five minutes later, do I need to keep going? Right? We've all, we all. That time you don't want the pizza. You want to go home. <laughs> yeah, right now you're <laughs> saying, we're, we're actually done with the meeting. Thanks. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you think this individual's time span is? I'm going to guess a level one, pretty short time span. Five minutes, right? Which would be level one. We, so level one would be measured up to days from minutes, hours, or measured in days. What's the max amount of days? So Two days, three days, generally? As a great, actually, great question, intuitive question. The lower the complexity of the work, the farther out a person can go. So call center, fairly low complexity relative to um, microchip engineering, very complex task. Level one, probably a shorter, they're gonna be checking on, someone's gonna be checking on their work a lot quicker than say a call center rep. So at level one, the doing of the work, you know, usually it's, it's a week. You know, in the contracting world, the level of complexity a day, you know, a, a craftsman, you know, they, we, we talk about daily huddles, the daily double, mm -hmm. Brian likes to say the daily double. So a day and the complexity of the work. So now look at crew leaders, you know, crew leaders are high level one, maybe low level two. There's some coordination, job leaders specifically. There's some coordination going on, but the complexity of the work that they're managing would mean that they're probably not thinking more than a day or two ahead. And I've, I've talked to so many people about this. And so now I'm, I, in the, the site supervisor world, in the, in the construction general contracting world, site supervisors, or in the project manager or, or crew leader world in, in landscaping or painting, you know, I've talked to a lot of business owners and it, you know, there's a lot of lamenting about, I wish I could get my crew leaders to think more ahead. And, and, you know, many years ago, five or six years ago, really, that's really one thing that really got me down this path is, well, what if there's something about the role? What if it's not them? Mm -hmm. What if it's the role itself? Right. That the, the level of complexity prevents them from thinking any, any farther than a couple of days out because there's so many different things to manage. So lifeguard, what's the, or otherwise field supervisor. It's interesting to think about a field supervisor as a lifeguard here. What's the lifeguard? How is the lifeguard field supervisor bringing value to the job leaders and the craftsmen and laborers on the work? They're looking farther out. They're earning the trust of the crews by alerting them to sharks in the water. Angry customers. Yeah. Let's bring it. Let's bring it back to the level one here, though, because that's. I mean, we're, I get excited. Or you do get excited, <laughs> and we're gonna have a whole podcast devoted to level three. Promise. Level one. Well, so so sure. So back to level one. They are like like Bill. Items at hand. There's a task list. They're responsible for their work and only their work. They're really judged on, are they, are they bringing things in on quality or, or based on the quality standard? Um, just pro so, so now, so Andrew, well, there's, it's all systemized. There's no, there, there are no decisions to be made. What do you mean? There's we're like, we've systemized it. There's no decisions. Okay. What do, what does the discretionary judgment 
or time span, what is the, the decision-making and problem, discretionary decision-making and problem-solving look like at level one? Deciding to follow directions, deciding to stick to the task list. How many times do you leave a job site and come back and everybody's all over the place? They didn't stick to the plan. Somehow they got pulled off of it. Nobody's deciding to stick to the plan. So have a plan, um, sticking to it, showing up on time, doing my best. If I can't complete my task in the time assigned, tell my supervisor. If I'm ahead of schedule, if I'm going to complete my tasks ahead of schedule, tell my supervisor. So I know that seems maybe sort of rudimentary, but even in building the most complex of houses, some of the custom home builders we work with, I mean, they're doing exceptionally detailed trim work and framing still the same applies complex task takes a very skilled carpenter to do it but the foreman still needs to know whether they're ahead of schedule behind schedule are they showing up on time are they doing quality work judging a level one task and a, a level a level a person at level one which that's a, a, a side note there just like situational leadership it would be wrong of us to describe a person as level one. It's the task is a level one task. Items at hand. So that's what's a what's a better phrase for that's kind of a, a silly phrase, but my work, the work I'm doing is what I'm the work of the company. I'm executing on the work of the company to the quality standard is level one work. So Andrew. The, the tasks at hand. So like, where do, is the concept of creating a list of to-dos, a level one, I don't know if it's a behavior or a thought, but um, are, are they generally creating a list of to-dos of, of, their, of their level one tasks? How are things forgotten? Is it like within the time, is it mm -hmm. was within their time span? Like what's mm -hmm. the organization around a level one's, uh, time span in order to get things done, not, not to forget them. Yeah. Like we have all this, we have task lists and nothing gets done or people forget to do stuff or so if you're creating checklists or the, the land of checklists is level two. Okay. So, so we don't expect a level one task to, we don't expect someone in, in a level one time span and that's their, their task oriented area to be creating to do's. The to do's are being, the, the checklist that to do is are basically being handed to them. High level one, low level two. So the, the crew leader foreman or the field supervisor is helping to coordinate all the tasks that need to get done. And the, the huddles are run by the foreman, right? The foreman is laying out the sequencing of work. And so that, that crew leader role, you know, it's a tough role because it's, it's spanning level one and level two. And I, we can get into that later, but but you're creating checklists, but you're also your comment about things getting forgotten. Well, things, things don't get done. Well, okay. So like Bill earlier, we're giving that person too many things to do in too long of a time span. And I need to be giving them a shorter task list. I think of my kids, if I give them more than one thing to do, one of them will get forgotten. If I give them two things, one will get forgotten. I got to give them one thing and say, come back to me. One thing, mm -hmm. come back. So giving direct task-oriented actions that they can yeah, then cross and, off, come back to you. Yeah. And then, and then we have a conversation. So that, so now the, like the, um, the learning pathways, you got 90 days to become an apprentice too. 
you know, you've been here for 90 days and I'm still giving you one task at a time. I need you, I need to, I need you to expand the amount of time you can work independently, right? That's the real issue. It isn't that Johnny's a knucklehead. It isn't that he is a bad culture. Maybe he is a bad culture fit, but he isn't that he doesn't care. It isn't that he doesn't work hard. It isn't, it's like, we need you to expand. What do you need to do in order to work independently for longer periods of time? I need to be able to give you a list of things and get you to the point where you can come back to me at lunch and they're all done. How do we get you to that point? I mean, that's the real rub of it, right? I mean, I'm, I, I hope I'm, I'm hitting pay dirt with that. Cause as I talk to people, it's like, that's the real issue is I can't every, I can't leave anyone alone. And so that, so how do I expand an individual's time, time span? So if, if, if everybody here on the call, if you do one thing from this, listening to this podcast, they're not calls anymore. They're podcasts. Take your whole team again, take your whole team and document right now. How long am I able to leave this person alone in their role without things going wrong? And then go have a conversation with them about what it would take to grow that length of time. What are the things they need? What are the skills they need to develop or the knowledge they need to acquire to be able to be left alone for longer periods of time? Or could I even say, what are the permissions that they need to be given to feel like that they can make decisions that they don't need to come back to you for a yes, no check-in that they know what they need to do. And they, they have, they have your, you have, they have your confidence that you're going to be making the right decision. hundred percent. Well, crew leader, you never give me all the information. Like you tell me to go do stuff, but you say it as you're walking through the room and I never understand fully what you want. Can you stop, look at me, give me direction, give me all the information I need, and then I will be able to work farther out into the future. Yeah, it's, I mean, great point. It's a two-way street. How, how many times, me, me included, are we giving people instruction as we're walking by? Right. Right. It's not the full, it's not the full story. So they're, they're, you know, that level one person is trying to put something together and they don't have all the pieces. So of course there's going to be gaps. Right. And we're speaking in shorthand. So not only are we doing it on the fly, but we're speaking in shorthand using language and words that mean things in our head, but are not well articulated. For we, th we think we said it, but what we actually did was throw someone a, a, a tool and say, go here, do this. Right. And they're go here, do what? You know, that's what they heard. So typically uh, level one roles look like certainly field employees, uh, bookkeepers. They're doing the work of bookkeeping, office uh, administration, sales reps can be level one. Sales reps can also be level two. We'll talk about that, but sales rep level two, or sorry, level one. Um, my wife's a speech therapist, speech therapy, a highly educated level one work. She's doing the work of speech therapy very talented, very knowledgeable, but it's, but it's level one. So that, so being level one, it's, it's not derogatory. It's a, it's a type of work that requires a, a certain type of problem solving and decision-making. So, um, doctors. Yeah. Doctors. X-rays. Right. The right. X-ray techs, right. Yeah. A surgeon performing back surgery, level one work, highly skilled, but level one work. 
So in, I think in, in wrapping up sort of a summary of, of level one, I think level one is, is somewhat intuitive. It's the entry point for most for every organization. Um, well, I take that back. You can hire level two and three, but for most new employees, level one is, is the entry level of learning the work of the company. Remember what we're taught when we say everybody has work to do, everybody has their to do's. What we're talking about is the work of the company. If you're a home building company, level one is the level of building homes. Um, and they're showing the decisions that they need to make are following quality standards, knowing the quality standards. Do they, do they know? Do I, if I'm doing a task, I know when that task is complete. The opposite, I think, is true most of the time, right? Most of the craftsmen overdo it. I call it the Chevy Bentley issue. We're, we're selling nice Cadillacs and our team is producing a Bentley and we got to get them to pull back. You're overproducing. So do they understand the quality standard? Do they know when, when it's done, when it's not done? Um, if I complete a task, if I'm going to be behind, I need to let someone know. If I'm, if I'm ahead of schedule, I need to let someone know. Am I, am I in a position where I can do my best? You know, if, if you're sick, if you're ill, don't come in. If you, if you can't show up and do your best, then take the day off, get well, and come back and do quality work. And it always comes back to the, the value at the level one level is producing quali quality work at the company standards is how we measure it, how, it's, how it provides value to the company. Andrew, that was that's a great explanation. Thanks so much. For I hope it was tangible. I I've, yeah. let us know your questions if you have questions. I hope. Well, I want Molly, to Molly's got a. Well, I'll say for me. I mean, I, I got it as we went, but um, that last statement about you know the roles, and I think it's important to understand. Uh, anywhere from your bookkeeper doing the bookkeeping work at a level one up to a doctor or x-ray technician doing x-rays. It's the level of the work. It's not the role. It's not the person doing the role. Um, I think many of us would think a doctor who, or an x-ray technician who's gone through school for a complex position, uh, you would think that would be high level work. For them, they know the work of the work and they're doing one thing at a time. They're not having, they're not the one coordinating all the x-rays to come in. Somebody else is doing that. So, you know, the things that you do, it's, it's, how, we're, it's how we're looking at it. And it, it kind of came full circle for me right there. That you, you said very succinctly, the items at hand issue, sort of an odd phrase, but it's one thing at a time. Yeah. And, it, yeah. and you're doing the work of the company or the work of the work that needs to get done. Every, everybody has their tasks. So we'll talk it's about like that. Level a level two. one isn't multitasking six things in a day. They're probably hitting one thing at a time. And the level two or level three person has helped them prioritize the things in which order that, that they're hitting them. Now, if, if right. you're an op, if you're an operating room supervisor and you have three operating rooms that you supervise and they, you make sure that they're stocked and that, and that things are getting done properly, that's level two. Whereas the neurosurgeon is level one work. In that moment, the neurosurgeon is doing level one work, even though they maybe, I don't know, neurosurgeons make a lot more money than maybe a, an operating room supervisor, but the supervisor is coordinating. They're doing level two. The surgeon is doing level one. And it could be level two in other, in other roles of their job. But yep. just, to, just, just to show that there's, it's not, it's not who you are and 
the, the job that you hold. It's the task that you're doing at one point in time in your job. In our, in our next podcast, we're going to talk about level two and the first place promotions fail. Well, Andrew Katz, we're hearing about level two <laughs> um, and uh, the things to come. So thank you both for your time. Uh, we will uh, be releasing the episode two of this series within the next two weeks. So listeners out there, stay tuned. Thanks all. Thanks for listening to this episode. Out of the Hourglass is recorded and produced by the team at Nolan Consulting Group, a nationwide business consulting firm with coaches located around the country. Have a question, comment, or idea for future episodes? We'd like to hear from you. Visit our website, www.nolancg.com.